Let's go. Escobar on the beat. King Legend Talks. Fire Radio. 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 King Legend Talks. Pimpin' Beats in the building, y'all. How you doing, Pimpin' Beats? Yeah, what's happening? What's going on with you, boss? Man, I can't complain. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. It's always a great day when we got a special guest in the building. So um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you real quick. If you guys ain't heard of Pimpin' Beats, I don't know where the heck you've been because this guy right here has definitely been working on some heat for everybody. And we're talking white tea. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't never heard of white tea, let's just start there. Who hasn't heard of White T? Like, if people hey. don't even know anything about hip hop, they know White T. Hey, you know? thanks. <laughs> that, that song was very impactful in the um in the industry as a whole. And so, even if we just start talking about White T, it's like, come on, man, where was you? Where was you at? Where was you at when it was going on? That takes me back through the time, right there, for real. So I'm gonna, I want to get deep into the details as far as you know, what? first of all, what motivated you to get into music as a whole? Uh, well, what motivated me to get into um, music um, was my group member, Parlay. Uh, because, like, back in the day, you know, we played, in high school, we played basketball together. And, you know, like, Parlay was, like, the, 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 the problem child. Like, I would try to be... The, the the good kid in school, you know, try to make good grades. Cause I could make it playing basketball. Uh -huh. and he was like the like the problem child. Like he always persuaded me to do crazy stuff, right? So you know, one day he persuaded me to cut school with him, mm -hmm. and we cut school. And he started chanting this this song that this freestyle that he had. And once I heard it, I was like, man, I gotta get into music so I could put him on. You see what I'm saying? My right. first thought was I wanted to be like baby. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to create a record label and, you know, sign him and, you know, put him on so it could make us some money. So you were already know, thinking business from the job. I already was thinking business. And at that time, like I stayed in the projects um, on Bankhead, Allen Temple. And at 16, I had a fully established business. Like I turned my mother apartment 
into a full office because she had went to prison. So it was like I was already, you know, business minded. I already knew how to run a business. Mm-hmm. So this was an opportunity for a new business. So basically, once he, um, you know, I try to figure out how I could get to that level of, you know, letting people hear our music. So the first thing I did was find out how I could make the beats. So one day in high school, right, I was at basketball practice, leave on basketball practice, just walking the halls, and I run into a producer named K-Rab. You know, that's the one who produced a lot of stuff um, on the west side of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And he was in the classroom making a beat on Fruity Loops. So, you know, I walk in there like, what what, what it is you got going on, bro? What's up? What that is? Everybody was using that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, by me, I already, like, I'm a tech guy. What people don't know, I'm good with tech. You know what I'm saying? I could break down an iPad, uh, iPhone, and put it back together, all type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's what people don't know. But when he told me the name of that that, that software, soon I got home, I downloaded it. So I downloaded that, right? So I started just getting the hang of it, started making beats, you know what I'm saying, getting comfortable with it. Then, you know, my first beats went, you know what I'm saying, they went nothing. But over time, they got better and better. And that's how I met my other group member because I started putting the speakers in the window every time I make a beat, just showing off, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Parlay, that's the guy who really made me get into the business, like, for real. He motivated me, you know. So at the um, age of 16, you said your mother was incarcerated. Um, How was it dealing with a situation as severe as that? being, you know, a, a young teen and still having to go through life. So what explain that mindset you had at that time of your life. Well, at that time, like, it really showed me I had to grow up right then and there. Like, it wasn't no crime. It wasn't no, you know, hoping somebody feels sorry for me or none of that, you know. And, you know, a lot of people from Atlanta, we're, we're hustlers. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that's one thing I like about growing up in the hood because, you know, the hood made me a hustler. Absolutely. But, like, right before she went to prison, she bought me a computer. So mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, shit, the universe has set this up for me to do music. But at that time, it had got real hard because, you know, I couldn't tell the rent office that my mama had been incarcerated because, you know, they would have evicted me. Then child services and all that stuff would have started happening. And, you know, I didn't want that to happen. So I had to figure it out. So, you know, I started hustling. So we, so crack, all this shit, but none of that shit didn't ever work for me. So I started, you know, selling phones. Then I learned how to activate the phones because I'm a tech guy, like I just said. So I knew this girl and she gave me the little cheat code because she worked at the um, cellular company. So basically the whole hood, had pimp wireless. I was gonna say, so if you need a visual there, that's kind of like I got the hookup. You had the whole exactly everything. Exactly what I exactly. I turned the office into like a, a cellular office where you come get your shit. If you need to pay a bill, you come see me. If you need to get your phone activated, you come see me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I had a, like I'm getting money. So when I met Palais, it was like shit, it's a whole nother opportunity. <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. business sense. And a lot of people don't know, man, before I even touched a pen, uh, a beat, uh, anything, I researched the business mm-hmm. and learned how could I make money from this shit before I even got into it. 
So I had my publishing and everything set up before I even did anything. So you was already official. Already so, official. So um, how important was doing your research as part of that process? Because, you know, a lot of people, they come up with an idea like, oh, I got a dream. I got a passion. I'm going to go ahead and do it. But they really ignore the process. Like, what were the steps that you had to learn about before you could even be in that position to make it happen? So for you, you know, how important was that research? It was very important because, you know, I didn't want to get into something that I didn't know nothing about. Like, when I first came up with the idea to get into the music, I had no idea of how you make music. I mean, how you make money from music. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I started learning about contracts, different contracts, contracts, terms, and just, you know, then I started hanging, hanging around a lot of rappers, too. The first rapper I started hanging around was um, this guy named G-Rock, and he was a part of this group um, called The Organization. You know, G-Rock, um, he was affiliated with the Dungeon family. So one day he took me over to the dungeon and I met Rico Wade, the famous mm -hmm. producer um, for Outkast. So, you know, Rico Wade kind of took me up under his wing and started showing me basic steps to produce. And I was just surrounding myself around people because one thing about, you know, the trap, somebody, you know, when you're trapping, they ain't gonna teach you how to trap. You really gotta observe and, you know, see what's going on and learn yourself and yeah. figure it out. It's crazy how everything worked because over at Rico Way Studio, you know, that's when I met Future. It was before he was Future. He was called Meathead, and he was a part of the group too. And then, you know, me and Future got a good connection. And he started teaching me a lot more stuff about the business, you know, and shit, man, it just so went up from up, there. You ended up really networking. Um, the summer yeah. really was learning from everyone you came in contact with and you were soaking up free game was put you at the exactly, uh, exactly. To, to be able to use it and apply it to your own life. Exactly. I just sat in the cut and listened to everything they told me and watch what they did when they was working with the instruments. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I'm feel, I'm learning everything myself. Like, you know, I'm the producer, I'm an artist, I engineer, I mix, I master, I do it all. You know what I'm saying? And that's just by being around the big dogs watching. Nobody never taught me anything. I just learned everything from watching and mm -hmm. experiment fucking up. You know what I'm saying? Now so that leads me to my next question. Mm -hmm. How important would you say your work ethic was towards you being able to get at the level you at today? Well, I say my work ethic is crazy, man. Like it's it's I go hard because one thing that used to always motivate me, bro, was I know it's another young kid out there somewhere right now working mm. as hard or harder than me. It's a young kid out there right now up on his computer right now making beats while I'm asleep. You know what I'm saying? And that's what motivates me now. But back then, I just knew it. Like, mm -hmm. it was a time I was broke as fuck making beats, making songs, but I just knew it. Like, I'm going to be a fucking star. I'd be fucking starving, still making music. Like, man, shit, this shit meant for me. You know what I'm saying? It was just, I was determined. Yeah. And I just kept working. Like, I worked through the bullshit. Like, if my girl, if I break up with my girl, I drown that energy out with music. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And all that, all that suffering and pain and, and, and that grind got me, you know, to the level I'm at today where I could just shit, make a beat less than three or four minutes, you know? 
Now, with all that hard work and effort put into the music, you know, when the single White T was born, did you ever imagine people would respond to it the way they did? I mean, because, like, that single right there just took the world by storm. But look, I'm going to tell you, it's so and, funny. And look, and he got on a white tee right yeah. now. And he got on a white tee right now. Yeah. <laughs> Still in a white tee. But I'm going to tell you, me personally, I did not think white tee was going to be our breakout song. Like, when we first made that song, we was playing. Like, we were really just playing. You know what I'm saying? We, we had went to a whole nother studio. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard that song um, by DG Yola. Um, I ain't gonna let up. I ain't gonna. I just don't give up. Oh that yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was recording that song. We had the studio we went to. He was recording that song, and we had mm-hmm. to wait. And in the process of waiting, I download Fruit Loops in the office of the studio. Wow. Made the white T beat for it, the white T beat was for another song that we was making. Mm-hmm. Palay, the motherfucker who got me into the music. Coming out with a throwback on, flexing and shit like, yeah, nigga, I just spent five hundred for this bitch, nigga. Yeah, y'all don't got, y'all better get y'all money up. And we were like, nigga, fuck that throwback. Yep, M I Y T R P, my nigga, buddy. And that shit like a real movie, bro. They were like, oh boy, that's it, that's it. When listen, we was in the studio in the booth like some real temptation. All us in the booth with a mic, we had. You feel me? Yeah. One nigga saying, yup, you know what I'm saying? And shit. Like when we got through it, I didn't think it was gonna be no hit. I was like, that's that's a cool little song. Like we might get a commercial off of it. That's cool. I mean, but that's always that motherfucker to the that way, though. That, that's the best way. You know, the, it's the unexpected ones that get you. You know, right. sometimes to be the ones you put out your blood, sweat, and tears into. You like, man, I ain't they ain't hit the way I thought it was. I mean, to me, I thought that was gonna be the one, and then it'd be the other one. That you was just like, I'm just gonna have fun with it and then go crazy. Exactly. And we found out this same night after we made it because we took it to the pool palace. Mm-hmm. And them folks were rapping that shit. Like they they heard that shit for like, I'm talking about dancing. Like the response was so big, it was undeniable. We were like, oh yeah, we got to push this shit. Got that was to. a big deal. That was definitely a big deal. Yep. So explain to us how hard it was for you to adjust to like the tour life when you finally you know, got on, you know, you know, you was, you was doing your thing, you was grinding, you was hustling, and now mm-hmm. all that hard work started to pay off, and now people booking you for the shows, and you're on tour. What was that initial adjustment like, you know, just getting used to that lifestyle? Well, for me, you know, like, it was kind of hard for me because I had to pick a position, right? And I mean by that, like, first of all, you know, I'm the founder of the company and I'm the youngest out of all the members. So at that time, they're like 22, 23, I'm 19. You see what I'm saying? That was crazy so, how that played out. Right. Was, yeah, that's crazy. Right, right. So it's like once we got on the road, I had to try to figure out how could I be the best artist I could be or the best producer. You see what I'm saying? Because on the album, you know, that we just, we, we had put out at the time, I had produced the majority of the songs. So by us being on the road, you know, I wasn't making, you know, a lot of beats like that. I was trying to perfect my lyrics. You know what I'm saying? You were being, being an, an artist. artist. Yeah. Trying to perfect performance. You know what I'm saying? So 
the 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 producing side kind of took a back seat. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was it was kind of hard, you know, trying to balance everything. But you know, it was crazy because like my mom died in '08 and I was on the road. You see what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I missed a lot of a lot of stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, we created a legacy, you know. Absolutely. So. And it's so, hard you to know, wear two hats like that too, man, because each position requires a key player. So when you're exactly. producer, you got to put your all into that alone, you know, and then trying to juggle between the both. It's, it's asking a lot. Exactly. It truly is. Yeah. It's asking a lot. I got many hats because I'm the franchise boy spokesperson. So basically, if any business decision or a company want to talk to a member, guess who they got to talk to? Me, you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, so you know, yeah. I, I have to make a lot of executive decisions, you know. So, absolutely. Now, now, if you've been in the music industry for a while, like you gain all this experience that you didn't have before, um, what is something that you know now that you wish you would have knew when you first started? Like, you know, all that experience you got now, you seasoned in the game. So, what is something that you would have told, told your younger self? Um, something I would have told my younger self on the, I would have told my younger self about promoting, like being a promoter, right? Because I would have told my younger self, book yourself and book the venue yourself, you know, because, you know, a lot of promoters, you know, I'm cool with a lot of promoters. We get money together, but I have learned that shit. I could book the venue, my goddamn self, book my goddamn self. And make more money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, I have learned just to invest more in 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 in, in you, you know. Absolutely. Hey, we haven't talked about uh Jermaine Dupree yet, so I wanted to go ahead and, and ask you what role did he play in your career? Oh man. JD, just say when we came into the game, we already had that 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 big boy engine in our car. Mm-hmm. JD, he the Nas. You know, you turn that shit and make that motherfucker go through the roof. Yeah. JD the Nas because when we came out YT, we had a whole bunch of labels calling trying to sign us. JD mm-hmm. was one of us, one of them, them labels that called. But, you know, we decided to go with the label with the most money, who wanted to give us the most money. And, you know, the label was universal. Yeah. And it's like, JD stepped in and he made a he made a white T remix first. Yeah. And do and it did okay. But then we started having conf- conflicts with the um with Universal because oh I think they liked me was on our first album with White T. And we was telling Universal, you know, oh I think they liked me to be our second single. And you know, by them being up north, they didn't really you know, they ain't really, they weren't up on the culture like that. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So they were like, hell no, nah, no, nah, that ain't it. You know what I'm saying? So we were like, well, shit, let us go. If y'all don't want to put that shit out, let us go. And JD, he stepped in and he did the remix and he gave us a deal and shit, like just his presence being on the song, mm-hmm. Bow Wow, Brat, it took it number one. You know what I'm saying? And that shit, like, he just really treated us like we was a escape or 
we'll uh, Bow Wow or we're one of his groups, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And tech and what people don't know, we never ever signed to So So Del. Gotcha. I mean, cause it, right. it's, it's amazing cause everything skyrocketed at that point. So it was like y'all made a good team. Exactly, exactly, man. You know, until today. That's why I'm back linked with Bow Wow because of Jermaine Dupree, you know. I was about to ask you that, too. What is it like working, you know, on projects with Bow Wow? Like, what is that energy like when y'all in the studio? I'm going to tell you, like, when I first met, bro, like, when we did Oh, I Think They Liked Me, <clears throat> I didn't, we didn't even see him. We didn't even meet him. <laughs> it was so crazy. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I didn't ran into him a couple times. We didn't been on the um the screen tour and shit. But like when we first linked back up, it was kind of tricky, right? Cause it was like we were being competitive towards each other, right? Mm-hmm. I would try to show him out. I'm a hot producer. He would try to show me he bow out. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So it just like we we link and we that that chemistry just there because his work ethic is just like mine. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We could yeah. do songs. We didn't did songs every single day for two years straight. Wow. On That's God. right there. On God. We've been at JD Studio. Who was that JD Studio? 2018, 2019. Down there every other day, unless we had to go out of town or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, for real, for real. But, no, nah, like, that's, that's the homie, man. Like, just being in the studio with him, I got to know his personality. And, like, shit, man, he a real humble guy. Like, he didn't put me in positions that mm-hmm. a lot of other people never did, you know? And that says and a whole lot about a person, too. That says a whole lot about a person's character that's willing to do that. Because, you know, a lot of people, they get selfish, and they just want to think about me, 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 how much money I'm going to make. You know, they ain't thinking about nothing exactly. else or nobody else. So to really say that about them, that's, that's dope, for real. Nah, um, bro, little bro got, got the biggest heart, bro. <laughs> oh, God. So how does it feel being a part of growing up hip-hop, man? Like, uh, you know, just being having your life on reality TV. What does that feel like for you? Um, like it's different. It's it's real different. You know, I enjoyed the the chicks, but like this last season, they really got to get into my life because you know, I was dating Diamond from Crime Mob, and like a lot of people thought that was, you know, it was staged, like it was set up. No, uh-huh. he said that was no real <laughs> shit. Like. <laughs> We were breaking up, falling out, all type of stuff, man. Like, and they do, they was there to capture it. So, you know, like it's it's real fun, man. It's I enjoy it, man. It opened up the doors for more opportunities. I always wonder what is it like to air your emotions out there on TV, man. Like, you know, a lot of people they they private. They want to keep their private information private. So to actually, you know, kind of have to expose a little bit, you know, even mm-hmm. if it ain't the whole scoop, just a little bit. It's still a lot, you know. It's it's already feel like you're doing too much, but you know that's part of being on reality television. Um, what I got to say to that, at the end of the day, when you become a celebrity, a rapper, a singer, you sign up for that anyway. Your 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 life is public. You know what absolutely. I'm saying? So I just look at it like shit. It's something I signed up for. You know, it is what it is. Because one thing about being famous, mm-hmm. you're always famous, rich or broke. You could be broke as hell and still famous. That's facts. That's fact. Uh-huh. Now, what's one piece of advice that someone um, famous gave you that you feel like really gave you game? Like, you know, that free game that you live by? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I ain't going to ever forget that. What was that one piece of game that somebody gave you 
that really uh, helped you in the industry? Mm, that one piece of game. That one piece of game. So you know, really like you said, helped. you've been soaking up game for so long, but I'm quite sure it has I know I got so much of it. With you. Like, you know what? I ain't going to ever forget that. Like, um, for an example, for me, when I was in middle school, I had a teacher tell me what well, he asked me. He said, what's the difference between a smart man and a wise man? I was puzzled. I was over here like, man, they both good. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what's the difference between the two? And he came back and he said, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So he doesn't have to spend time making those mistakes. That's how you get ahead. Once he said that, light bulbs went off. I was like, all right, so I'm going to soak up game from everybody. That means it's a lesson you learn from everybody, no matter whatever you're trying to do. If it's been done before, that means you can learn from somebody. So I apply that to everything in life. So that would be Mm -hmm. my free game. Okay, I got got some what somebody told me, and they was in a messed up position when they told me this. They say, success change everything or hit record you see what i'm saying i mean by that you could be the most hated person in the world right now the most talked about person but if you do something that is very successful or you come out with a hit record if you're an artist Mm -hmm. people forget about all that shit and be right back that's true that's free game right there go 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 so my whole the whole goal is to stay working hard create success because as long as you create success shit people gonna be like oh shit he did this but now he doing that hey what's up man? absolutely <laughs> you know and I, I got just two more questions for you we can go ahead and wrap it up man um my first question is what advice would you give to that artist that's in the position where they feel like man i've been working consistently five years in this music game 10 years almost and i ain't getting the support i deserve or i feel like i should have by this point what advice would you give to that person that feel like they're about to give up? One thing about it, don't never give up Give up on yourself because things don't come overnight. You see what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> a person can be broke, marred, and rich the next day. You feel what I'm saying? Prime example, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy haven't had a hit record in years, but he kept doing this shit, he kept grinding, and guess what? He got number one, one of the number one songs out right now. Yep. So, you know what I'm saying? Never... Never give up on yourself, bro, because a lot of people going to give up on you before you give up on yourself. So you got to stay grinding and shit. You know what I'm saying? Stay focused. That's facts. Tony That's, big. That's mm-hmm. big facts. Big facts. He over here yeah, spitting. Yeah. For real. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah um, so just to wrap up the interview, man, we big on legacy here on King Legend Talks. You know, uh, we all got that purpose that we feel like we're here for on this planet. And when people talk about you, what do you want them to remember your legacy for? Like, what is what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I want my legacy to be, you know, I want to, my name, I want my name to be up there with the Dr. Dre's, the Jermaine Dupree's, the Swiss Beats. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to be that guy that you have to come see me if you're in the music industry. You see what I'm saying? You got to come see Pepper Beats to get a, get some production or it's, worthless you know what i'm saying i want to be that top guy that's super producer you know that's what i'm going for well my main goal is to have five songs on the billboard back to back one two three four five all them my hits oh yeah real quick um what's new for you like what you Mm -hmm. working on right now 
that you want people to know about? All right now. Okay, yeah, right now, um, you know, I have my um I have my sunglasses line, the franchise collection. You know, I have the franchise collection that's going crazy right now. The ladies is loving them. I got that. Um, we about to get ready to start filming a new season of Going Up Hip Hop Atlanta. Got that in the mix. Got a couple movies. Me and my dog finna get ready to shoot. Okay. I can't talk about it yet. But okay. We, we, we working. We yet. working. We that. Definitely working. Yeah. Right. And um, I got a couple. I got some future singles. Finna try to get clear so we could drop them. Um, I, I hope Maya dropped that song. Oh, my. Man, but besides that, man, just grinding, man, in the studio every day. I'm finna go to the studio right now with a big artist. I don't want to say his name right now because he's a little hot right now. You know what I'm saying? I want to wait to the studio with him. You can't, you can't <laughs> spill all the beans. You got to keep some of it. All right. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. All yeah, right, man, working, that's man. dope. That's dope. I definitely appreciate you again, man, for coming through. And uh, I'm going to definitely have to check those glasses out for sure. Oh, yeah, man. That's the um, link in my bio on, um, on Instagram. Just and they're affordable. Black on. Black on. You know you got to support your black businesses. Come on, y'all. Believe it. And you're going to have that drip. You're going to be fly with them on. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you again. Thank you so much for stopping by King Legend Talks. It was an honor. For sure, man. You take it easy, dog. Hey, everybody. It's your boy, King Legend 757. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this interview. If you're interested in hearing more interviews or conversations just like this, do me a favor. Follow the podcast on iHeartRadio or any other platform you may be listening in on. Also, do us another favor and go ahead and tap in on Instagram and hit King Legend 757 in your search bar so that way you can catch these interviews while we do them live with a live audience being you. So I appreciate you again for tapping into the interview and may God bless you and have a great 2021.